630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. A very optional practice today for the Edmonton Oilers. Yamamoto, Athanasiu, Cassian, Chris Russell, and Neil were all on the ice. So good news about Athanasiu and Yamamoto. Hopefully they are back sooner rather than later. Well, Athanasiu hasn't missed any games, but he only got one shift in the third period before departing last night in the loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Cassian ready to come back from that suspension. They know I didn't mean any intent to injure anything. That was a reactionary play. Obviously, I told George right away, you can't do, you can't kick people, you can't use your skate blade. Obviously, um, I was, uh, that was my, my fault, and uh, I accepted that, obviously, but uh, my teammates knew it was, uh, it was not on purpose. I don't think I owe them an apology. I think the best way I can show them that I care and show them that I want to be here and, and, and help the team win is by playing hard when I come back. Oilers and Jets, Saturday night, 6.30 face-off show on 6.30, Chad. The game is at 8. The Jets currently lead the Capitals 1-0 early in the second period. Also in period 2 now, 1-1 Flames and Predators. Anderson scores 26 seconds into the second period for Calgary. Islanders up 2-1 on the Blues. 5-1 Minnesota taking it to Detroit. Senators still holding a 2-0 lead over the Canucks. That could possibly help the Oilers out if that stands. Bruins lead the Stars 3-1. In the third, it's still 3-3 Maple Leafs and Panthers. All the scoring in that game was in the first period. Mark Pesek got his ninth for Florida. Matthews his 44th for the Leafs. 2-2 Blackhawks and Lightning. And with about 14 minutes left in Montreal, the Canadians up 2-1 on the Rangers. Well, we'll have some fun in the next hour of the show. It is all a uh, post-secondary sports-themed hour of the show. And our first guest plays goalie for the McEwen Griffins hockey team. He's also the emergency goaltender for Oilers games. Please welcome to Inside Sports, Mark Olivier Daig. Mark, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I, I guess you're you're suddenly a, a bit of a, a popular guy to talk to this week. What, what did you think of the whole situation with David Ayers going to the net for Carolina last weekend? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, just from... From the story of this guy, uh, you know, uh, he had, you know, obviously some medical issue and uh, and everything. He's a survivor of, uh, you know, uh, those issues and stuff. And it's for him to, to go out there and and do what he does, do, did what he did, and end up with uh, end up helping the Carolina Hurricanes to get the W versus, you know, a very good Toronto Maple Leafs team is is incredible. And I think as every emergency backup around the NHL can and say like me we all wish it was us but um i think we're all very happy for him and you know it's just a great story overall mark tell us how long you have been the emergency backup goaltender for oilers games and how do you get that job (laughs) um so it's my first year doing it um and how to get that job it's not like you get drafted to be an emergency goalie or anything like that um so for me i'm a a player for the q and griffins here in edmonton um and i've I'm in my fourth year at McEwen, so um, the Oilers uh, reached out the start of the year asking me if I was interested in doing the job, and um, obviously when the Oilers come and ask you for something, you rarely say no, so I was very happy to accept the offer, and uh, I've been having a great time doing it so far. So what do you usually do during the games? Where are you? How prepared do you get, I guess? I mean, it can't be the same preparation as when you're going to play a game for McEwen, or maybe it is. 
Um, no, it's not. Um, I don't get prepared. Like if I if I had to play, obviously there needs to be two two injuries before I, I get a chance to play. So you don't really prepare like you're you're gonna go in. But um, so my day on the game day, I would probably get to the rink uh, before warm up, and you know I'll have a meal there, and then I'll just go in the press box and just watch the game basically. So I'll sit with um, either some the healthy scratches or media reporters, scouts, and that kind of stuff, and just watch the game. And then, you know, if there's if something happens, I'll just uh, go down and get dressed and get ready to go. But uh, it has not happened this year that I had to do that so far. Okay. Well, uh, that's pretty interesting. Now, when the Oilers have a game on the same night McEwen has a game, is there is there someone who replaces you, or how does it work? Yeah, so I've done most of the games. I'm not sure how many I've missed, but I've been able to attend to uh, the most of them. But obviously, when McEwen has a game, um, I'm playing for McEwen, so this is uh, that the priority right now for me. Um, so they have somebody else uh, filling in for that spot. I'm not exactly sure who it is. Uh, maybe the Zamboni driver. Who knows, right? But um, I don't know when I'm not there who's filling in for that spot, but they have a guy, yeah. Okay. What's the best part about being an emergency backup goaltender? Well, I think it's just to, to be around all those uh, those people that, you know, do the business side of the hockey world, you know, the GMs and the, the coaches, the scouts and stuff, and hear different stories and from the media people and that kind of stuff. And obviously as a hockey fan, hockey player, just to be able to watch NHL games on a the, on the weekly basis, daily basis, basically, it, it, it's really fun. Mark Olivier Daig joining us on Inside Sports, the emergency goaltender for Oilers home games. I, I want to get to know your story a little bit. You, you played in the Quebec Major Junior League, and then you wound up in the AJHL with the Drayton Valley Thunder. How, how did that come to be, Mark? Yeah, so I, I'm i from Quebec. I uh, grew up and born and raised there, and then I, I got drafted to the QMJHL, which is the same as the WHL here. I played for the Halifax Moose, like you mentioned, with some great great teams there great teammates i played with nathan mckinnon jonathan drew um and then after that things for me did not go the way i planned so i i uh i went to junior a uh, and then i got a great offer from green valley so i went there and spent three great years there and then uh when it was time to choose for university i spent my first year uh at the u of a with the golden bears before transferring here uh to finish my uh, post-secondary education and hockey, university hockey career as well. Tell us how it's been with McEwen. I know there have been some uh, epic battles with uh, with Nate over the years, and then you guys are going Canada West next season. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, you know, for the last three years here, the last three years that I've been here, we we were able to win the championship uh, versus the Nadeuks every time. Uh, they're, playing them is always fun. It's always good hockey. Uh, we're playing them this weekend to, to finish off their regular season. And, um, no, it's, it's a really good level, uh, whether it's ACAC, whether it's U sport. Uh, it's, it's hockey that uh, gets to, you know, doesn't get as much attention as it should. It's a very uh, underrated level of hockey. It's really good hockey. Um, but, yeah, and I think for the program to take that step to go into Canada West next year, it's a huge step for the program. Um, unfortunately, I won't be there next year because I'm graduating this year, but, uh, for the program and for my for my teammates, I'm really happy that they'll be able to experience that. And I think that the level has, has raised the standards from the moment I've been here to the point now where they're going to be uh, a great team in Canada West and be able to compete for, for a national championship. 
Mark, let everybody everybody know what you're studying and what your your plans are, hockey and life-wise, uh, for the fall. Yeah, so I'm going to graduate with a Bachelor of Commerce uh, with the major in management. Um, and then obviously after that, after my hockey career, university hockey career, I'd say I would like to, to pursue some pro opportunity. I'm not exactly sure where or what it's going to be, but I would like to keep playing hockey after I'm done university. And uh, for life uh, hopes, I three years ago, I started my own agency uh, as a hockey agent so i'm doing that as i'm doing my 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 education right now so if i'm not playing hockey or or whatsoever i'm gonna keep doing that and uh, something that i really like to see that that part of hockey you know as a hockey player you see the player side but as an agent or you know you kind of see more the management side and something that's really uh cool for me to experience and i really love doing it so i'm gonna do that after that well, sounds good. Mark, thanks for letting fans get to know you a little bit tonight. I'll have to seek you out and say hi to you the next time you're at an Oilers game up in the press box. I'd love to meet you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks so much, Reed. Mark Olivier Daig from the McEwen Griffins goaltender emergency goalie for most Edmonton Oilers home games, except when there's a conflict with his own team. Pretty cool story there. Thanks to Mark for checking in. Scott Edwards, Canada West Coach of the Year in women's basketball when we get back. He was in his second season as head coach of the U of A Pandas basketball team. He is now nearing the conclusion of his 14th season on the Pandas bench. He's Canada West Coach of the Year for Women's Basketball. It's my good buddy, Scott Edwards. Scott, congratulations, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Peter. Nice to hear from you. It's nice to hear from you as well. Congratulations on uh, clinching a spot in Nationals and on winning Coach of the Year. What is the individual honor mean to you if anything well i mean it, i always look at it as a team award when scenarios like this come up and it's just a reflection of um you know just everyone's appreciation for the season the team had and and uh, the work our entire coaching staff and our ist put into this team this year it's been a been a very interesting season for us and i'm just really thrilled for our athletes to get a chance to go to play at a national championship and, and tomorrow night in the conference championship game that's right are you already in saskatoon for the game tomorrow uh, we're about 15 minutes outside of town right now. Oh, you're doing this on the bus. Even better. Yeah. Or, or yeah. maybe the private jet. Maybe Stoffer got you guys a jet <laughs> for the game. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Well, tell me, why, why would you call this an interesting season? I know you're always very honest with me. Uh, you went 16-4, and four, but you used the word interesting. What what made it so? Uh, well, we, we started up our year uh, on a, a tournament in Toronto where we lost all three games by combined seven points total tough start to the year and then we came home and, and uh, bounced back with a big win but we lost our, our best player at the, in the game for the season and unfortunately Emma McCary, a, a tremendous player and a potential All-Canadian was out for the year so we really had to reinvent ourselves as a team after the preseason had ended so um, you know to see the work that the athletes put in and, and their commitment to each other and their growth and their connection um, was just really fun to watch as a coach. And would you call it an upset, your, your victory last weekend, to, to get to this point of the season? How would you describe it? 
Well, I don't think any time, uh, you know, a four seed gets a one on their floor, it'd probably be an upset. I think everyone would say that. But I think we have some really good confidence going into that game. Having We beat Calgary a few weeks before that on their floor, and um, we had split the conference season series with them. So I think we had some confidence going into the game, but I think certainly the league would have thought of it as an upset. Scott, I, I did play-by-play for, for your team in Golden Bears basketball for six years. I can't remember exactly what season it was, but I remember there was one week when the national top 10 in women's basketball had six Canada West teams. And it was usually, it was usually four teams out of the top 10 were in Canada West. It's always been very competitive. Now, since I've sort of stopped doing that, the the league has expanded in my mind too much to 17 teams. I, I, I don't want to, you know, beat that drum too much, but is Canada West still, as competitive as it used to be, or how is the landscape now? I think that the uh, the landscape of Canada West has sort of evolved into um, it's still very competitive for sure. I don't think that as nationally we were as competitive. We're not going to see six teams from Canada West in the top ten for maybe a few more years. But there is a, a really strong group of eight or nine programs that are that are competing year in and year out, and. Um, I think they're doing a tremendous job. And so I think that the top end of our league seems to be top, kind of top-heavy almost. And um, so there's great competition between those schools, and, and we're certainly seeing it through playoffs. I mean, we, we almost saw another upset on the other side of the draw, too, in their, in their semifinal, and a really tremendous effort by the UBC Thunderbirds at Saskatchewan. So, um, you know, you're seeing some really good performances by a, a number of programs, which is exciting for our league, I think, and, and just shows that uh, there's an opportunity to build some depth within it again. All right, so you're at Saskatchewan tomorrow night. It's one game for the Canada West Championship, and then you go to Nationals. Uh, it's in Ottawa next week. So tell me a little bit about the focus level. I mean, like I said, you, you are going to Nationals. Um, how How is the group doing? You know, have they put that behind them, and, and now they want to win the league and worry about the other tournament next week? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, the, the most difficult one happened last weekend, right? We won Friday to clinch our ticket to Nationals, and now they've, had a few days to come down off that high and realize that, you know, for us in our program, we've never won the Canada West Championship. And so to get back here, it's been 14 years since we were in the final and just a really tremendous opportunity ahead of us. Obviously, a massive challenge playing that number one team in the country on their floor. But, um, you know, we're excited about it. And I think this is the number one focus right now is tomorrow night. And just trying, trying to enjoy this experience and, and um, soak it in and try to play as well as we can and, and see what comes of it. And then we'll start worrying about you know, Nationals on the bus right home. Right, okay. Uh, you know, I, met, I mentioned, uh, you know, you and I meeting back in uh, the 07 08 season. Um, yeah. How are you different as a coach since then, Scott? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you would hope that everyone has evolved as a coach. I know that our athletes back in those days would say, like, kind of the, the, the type of training we did that our athletes aren't doing now is just not feasible to treat athletes the same way as we may have back then. And, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, that I have probably mellowed out a lot and ask my questions, ask questions a lot more from my athletes and get more responses from them and include them more in decision making than I ever did before. And um, just really proud of, of the, the women that represent our program right now. I think they're just incredible individuals, and why not build on them and, and use their expertise on the floor as well? So I think I'm doing a better job of including them in, in all of our decision making and and our you know, t- tactics and things they need out of the game to, to be successful. When it comes to recruiting athletes, especially the highest-end 
Canadian athletes. Are you competing with other youth sports schools or are you competing with NCAA schools, like for the cream of the crop? Yeah, I think it's it's a bit of both. I mean, there's a, there is a, a group of, of athletes every year that's going to head to the United States to play, and that's just inevitable. And, um, you know, the return rate on that is pretty high, so you, you see athletes taking a shot and seeing if they can handle playing NCAA ball. And, and then if not, they come home. But, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of really quality e-sports programs that can give these young women a, an opportunity to reach their goals and success. And so, um, you know, we're competing with, you know, it's not just a couple of schools in Canada West. It's, it's schools all across the country now. Kids are, are starting to travel a lot further away to go to school and more willing to travel more to go to school. And so uh, the, the recruiting landscape, you know, getting back to your point earlier about what's different from, you know, 12, 13 years ago, the recruiting landscape has changed massively. And um, you're seeing kids from all over the country, you know, winding up at the most interesting spots right now. Scott, it's always great to talk to you. All the best tomorrow and then, of course, at Nationals as well. Again, congratulations on being named Coach of the Year. Go get them, buddy. Oh, thanks, Reed. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. That is Scott Edwards, head coach of the U of A Pandas basketball team. Uh, he has done an outstanding job there. Here is Scott's record in the regular season. 220 wins against 74 losses for a 748 winning percentage. 15 or more wins 10 times in his 14 seasons. Uh, and he uh, was already the national coach of the year in 0607, so he'll have a chance to do that again. Pandas Huskies tomorrow night in Saskatoon for the Canada West title. Back after the news. Nashville, five minutes left in the second period. Big win for the Maple Leafs. They knock off the Panthers 5-3. Late in the third, Rangers up 5-2 on the Canadians, and Chicago up 5-2 on the Lightning. Early third period, Boston leading the Stars 3-1. Senators leading the Canucks 3-1. Vancouver and Edmonton tied for second in the Pacific Division. Vancouver playing its 63rd game of the season. Edmonton has already played 64. Minnesota crushing Detroit at 6-1 in the third. In the second period, the Islanders have a 2-1 edge on the Blues. Big ovation for Jay Bomeister at that game. Jordan Everly has his 15th of the season. Pajot has scored for the Islanders, his 26th of the year. Jets leading the Capitals 1-0 late in the second period. Kulikov is second of the year. Devils and Sharks later. Oilers will host the Jets Saturday night. 6.30 face-off show, game at 8. It's all on 6.30, Chad. Zach Cassian skating with a few of his teammates today. He's coming off a seven-game suspension. He kept a close eye on trade deadline day. It was very exciting for me. Obviously, I wasn't playing in any games, so obviously you're you're watching it from TV, watching it from afar, and um, when you always can be a buyer, um, it's it's a fun team to be a part of. I think uh, everybody um, finds new life, uh, finds that extra energy, obviously, in January, February, you know, in the grind days, but uh, now that we're here in March and, and we made some moves to get better and, and for our playoff push and hopefully get in the playoffs and make some noise, um, it's a new breath of fresh air, and um, I know as players, that's that's all you can ask for. Now, I can also tell you, Yamamoto and Athanasiu were on the ice today. So, uh, Athanasiu left last night's game early. Yamamoto's missed the last couple of games. Hopefully, they can return on Saturday. We'll get more information at practice tomorrow. Chris Russell and James Neal were also on the ice as they try to fight their way back from injuries as well. Well, we just had Scott Edwards on the show. 
Canada West Coach of the Year for Women's Basketball. The Golden Bears head coach was also Canada West Coach of the Year. That is Barnaby Craddock. And the Golden Bears also this weekend are playing for Canada West title and are also going to Nationals the following weekend. And one of their top guns, he's joined us on the show several times. Always great to talk to. It is Brody Clark. Brody, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hey, Reed. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. It's great to talk to you again. First of all, Barnaby Craddock, your bench boss, Coach of the Year. Tell me why you think he got it. I mean, he's been fantastic for us all year. What a well-deserved award. I think, uh, you know, they they often give the award to uh, a coach of a team who, who performs at a high level regardless of a lot of uh, adversity and, and, and different circumstances that uh, occur for them throughout the year and uh, still finish still finish atop the conference, and we were able to do that. I thought a bunch of guys stepped up, and he was able to motivate people all year long to step into bigger roles and hit big shots and, and close out some, some important games for us. And he just, you know, he gets us going every week. He gives us uh, our assignments. He's on us on, on the defensive end uh, every week, make sure that we're, you know, as, as dialed in as we can be for every different opponent we're going to face. And, I mean, he's just so deserving of the award. I mean, we, we, we love playing for him. We're, we're hoping to get this one this weekend for him. Uh, it'd be real nice. Brody, tell fans what goes on in a timeout huddle in a basketball game late in a close game. <laughs> Is a coach coming up with a new play that he thinks is going to work that day? Is he reminding you of, of plays and, and things you worked on in practice that week? Is he just trying to calm you down? What goes on in those huddles? Uh, you know what? I think it's a combination. A lot of times it depends on the situation. Usually we all come in there, and uh, especially in the tight ones, one of us, uh, myself, Tyus, uh, Cole Knutz, and Duan, somebody's got something to say uh, as the players, and then by the time Barnaby comes into the huddle, he's usually uh, ready to make sure that we're we're just on to the next one play-wise. We're, we're looking forward. We're uh, prepared for whatever's about to come out of the huddle offensively or defensively and um, a lot of times you know he could be calming guys nerves or just reminding us of you know we're right where we want to be and um, we don't usually dig into that deep of a bag of tricks I mean we, we he's pretty standard with uh, sticking to the things that are working for us that day and making sure that um, you know we're just all on the same page coming out of the timeout so yeah, those, those always uh, those always fascinate me because I, I, when I used to call the games, a lot of times we were courtside, and 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 I like how you describe that because sometimes there would be that. 10 to 15 seconds even in a one minute timeout where the players would be by themselves mm -hmm. and the coach and the assistants are off on their own and then the head coach goes in and talks to the guys yeah i mean we we have a good relationship uh between us as teammates i mean we have uh the utmost respect for each other and like a lot of trust and love for one another so when it comes to those late game situations and someone someone's got something to say we all are we're always all ears and um you know it's it, it's always coming from from somebody else. Everybody's always got a little tidbit of something that they want to just impart on the rest of us. Make sure that we're focused. Make sure that we're we're in the moment. I mean, usually as soon as Barnaby gets to the huddle, we got 15 guys that are all eyes and uh, all ears on him. So, um, yeah, we got we got a pretty good thing going right now. Well, and you mentioned Barnaby as a coach has to be uh, very good at getting players through adverse situations, and. That applies to some players that would have had to fill in for you this season. Tell us a little bit about your battle with the injury this year, Brody. I mean, man, it was easily easily the toughest season I've had uh, in my five years here. Um, of course, I had to come in the last one. But, uh, I mean, for me to sort of go down like that early in, early in the year and have guys 
um, we had different dudes stepping up every night. I don't know uh, how Barnaby was able to manage to motivate guys to that level. It's really impressive. But we had, I mean, whether it was one through eight, everybody had their night. Everybody stepped up in big-time situations for us and was able to get us in a real good position uh, going into the second semester. And then we came out guns blazing. And mid-January, I was I knew I'd be ready to come back. And at that point, it just came down to trust. Like, I think that Barnaby did an amazing job motivating me and, and reminding me the trust he has in me and the, the you know belief he has in me to come back and contribute. And um, it was about as seamless as a, as a reintegration as it could have been. So uh, he handled it incredibly. I thought that the team handled it really well. Um, as devastating as it was up front, I think that we all got a little bit better because of it. So. Now, how did you good. feel when you came back? Because I think you missed the first six. Like, you only played the last four out of 20 regular season games. Did, were you yeah. like were you right up to speed when you came back? Or well, how long did it I take? mean, last, last six out of 20, really. But the, the, the first two, I know I felt a step short on a number of different things we were running. Um, it would have been the, the second weekend uh, that I was back. We played Calgary, and I felt more myself by then. Um, obviously we got the sweep, which was real nice and gave me a little bit more confidence in myself. And then by that third week, I kind of felt like I was really coming back into my own again. It felt like, um, you know, I was right where I needed to be at that point in the season. And, uh, I think we've just kept it rolling since then. So it's been pretty seamless, pretty seamless, uh, return to play for me. Absolutely. All right. So a 19 and one regular season for the golden bears basketball team, you will host UBC Saturday at 8 at the Savile Centre for the Canada West Championship, and that'll help determine your seating going into the national tournament. And uh, you guys had to tough out one against Manitoba in overtime to get to this point, 91-85. You led the Bears with 24, uh, uh, a high-scoring overtime. Tell us about that one. Uh, Wow, what a game. I mean, we knew that Manitoba was going to throw the kitchen sink at us in terms of plays and, and, and different looks, and Rashawn Brown, what a point guard. I mean, he picked us apart for a big chunk of that game and gave us headaches. And um, I mean, credit to them. They're, they were a tough team. Uh, they, they ran their stuff well. They defended well. Um, but I think that, you know, it, what it really came down to was us just believing in each other down the stretch, trusting each other down the stretch. I mean, um, we had a play to tie the game with, you know, something like 15 seconds left on the clock. And Ivan had a had a could have shot a three a guarded three in the corner decided to put it on the floor and we ended up getting a wide open layup in front of the net because you know he trusted that his teammates would make a play uh we trusted that he would make a play managed to send it to overtime and then it was the adam page show from that point on i mean that kid woke up he had i think two two back-to-back threes blocked a guy and then got a dunk the very next possession totally opened up the game for us and from that point on we were just rolling so um it was a hell of a game. I mean, being a part of it, qualifying for nationals uh, another year in a row was uh, pretty exciting. But, I mean, for us, it, it was almost a little bit of an expectation. Like, our job isn't done, obviously. All right. Well, it's uh, you know, I got the Oilers broadcast Saturday, but I'll definitely be following you guys against UBC. And then it's uh, – where, where are nationals again? Uh, they're in Ottawa this year. They're in Ottawa. Often they're in Halifax, yeah. right? But or, or yeah, it's like in Halifax, uh, nine out of every ten years or something. <laughs> okay, all right, I got you. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I wish you all the best, and and we'll be we'll be following that. I I know your focus is is Saturday and then the following week, but I have to ask you since I have you on, you got to play for the Stingers last year, the Edmonton Stingers. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know what's going on with your game this summer at all? Uh, 
I don't know. I'm not going to answer any of that right now. Sorry, Reed. But uh, no, that's okay. Yeah, you you got it right. My focus is on Saturday, and then I'll worry about next Friday after that. And uh, <laughs> maybe we can chat in the middle of March. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. Well, Brody, you're always an excellent guest. Very well spoken. You've uh, you've had a great career with the Golden Bears basketball team. I hope you wrap it up on top, and all the best. Thank you very much, Reed. Thanks for having me on. That is Brody Clark from the U of A Golden Bears basketball team, uh, fifth-year forward, outstanding player. As he said, missed most of this year with an injury, finished strong, helped the Bears win the Canada West semifinal against Manitoba in overtime. So that locked up a spot in Nationals. Now they'll try to win the Canada West title at home on Saturday, and then we'll see what seed they get for uh, the National Tournament. Barnaby Craddock, Coach of the Year, 19-1 and regular season for the Golden Bears. We will continue with the school theme. Man, this is a lot of fun. Alex Posnikoff, Panda's hockey forward. When we get back, this portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your Furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Tuning in tonight, Flames leading the Predators 2-1 after 2. Oilers will play the Jets on Saturday night at Rogers Place. And then the Oilers heading out on another three-game road trip. The Jets currently up 1-0 on the Capitals after two periods. Big focus on post-secondary sports this last hour of Inside Sports tonight. The U of A Pandas looking for the Canada West Championship this weekend. One of their star players, Alex Posnikoff, is on the line. Alex, good to talk to you again. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. Yes, it's nice to speak with you. Now, you had a bit of a uh, a battle the second half of the season. Did, what, did you have, what was it, a broken leg? What happened here? Yeah, I did. I ended up breaking my leg the first weekend back after Christmas break. Oh, my goodness. What happened on the play? Uh, it was just kind of a fluky play. I, we, I never ended up having the puck, but uh, I just kind of got tangled up with a girl, and she fell on my back leg and snapped it. Oh, just fell on your back leg and snapped it. Just another day at the <laughs> rink, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly, another day. Uh, so were, were you concerned you would not be back this season? Yeah, it was definitely a concern. I kind of, the first day in the ER, though, right after that game, I was already planning my, my comeback. So I was kind of hoping there was a chance and uh, ended up working out pretty well. And what was the what was the rehab like? Oh, it was pretty crazy. We ended up doing surgery four days later and then just from physiotherapists athletic therapists strength and conditioning team trainers it, it really took an army and every day i had people kind of helping me out doing different things so it was, it was a lot of work but definitely worth it all right and you got back uh, out on the ice just in time for playoffs and it was uh, quite a little series last weekend wasn't it alex could you take uh, the fans through the two games <laughs> yeah it, it was pretty crazy it was uh a lot of back and forth uh, hockey. It was physical. It was pretty fast. And, I mean, the goalies really stole the show. They kept kept, kept us shut out until overtime. So I think it ended up being almost six periods the first game. And then, luckily, we ended it in the, the first overtime, the second game. But both games were one nothing. Yeah. 
My goodness. Uh, like how exhausting, and I know you're all high-level athletes, but how exhausting was it to play a triple overtime game Friday afternoon and then another overtime game Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I mean, your, your body could definitely feel it. Um, the girls, I think a lot that helped us a lot was that everyone was pretty relaxed in between the, the period, so it wasn't too too tiring, kind of being tense the whole game, but everyone definitely was feeling a little sore after the weekend, but we did pretty well with uh, keeping up with UBC. All right, so you beat UBC, uh, and now it's Mount Royal in the championship series. What can you tell us about the Cougars? Yeah, the Cougars, they're, they're a pretty strong team now. They... Um, I know games with against them are usually a little kind of hit or miss. We're, we're not sure because they, they're pretty strong and they, they put some pucks in the back of the net. So we're going to have to be pretty sharp defensively. And I know they got they got some hot, hot goaltenders, so we'll have to try to get one by them. Well, and the games are typically low scoring in, in Canada West women's hockey, aren't they? Yeah, this year we had a few more higher scoring games, which is unlikely, but it's it's every weekend very different and usually the defense and goalies are so strong so it's hard to put more than one puck by them all right so the games uh tomorrow and saturday at seven and then if a third and deciding game is needed that would be sunday at seven all at claire drake arena now are you, have you already locked up a spot in nationals or how does it work on that scene yeah so we just had to win semis last weekend to secure a spot in nationals so this one's just for Canada West title and, and rankings for national. Okay. Uh, and obviously uh, you won the Canada West last year, so you want to win it for, for two years in a row. Uh, is, is, this, is this it for you, the last the last two weekends as a Panda? Yeah, it is. This is my, my fifth and final year, which is t- sad, but uh, I guess it's time. <laughs> so do, you, th- do you, you think about that? Do you try not to think about it, or what's the approach? Oh, definitely. I I think that it kind of helps me raise my level of my game when I know this is my last shot or last kick at the can, I guess, for a Canada West title and to play at Claire Drake Arena. So it's definitely very special, and I like to kind of use that to give me a little bit more energy. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Alex, I mean, you've been in studio. You've you've been on the show several times during the course of your career. You've been an absolutely excellent player uh, and an excellent uh, representative of of the Pandas hockey program. And and there's a whole other side to your life too. The the student athlete, you know, the student part is very important as well. What have you been studying, and what kind of career aspirations do you have away from hockey? Yeah. Well, I've been in uh, a lot of marketing, sports marketing. I'm going to minor in sport management and. Uh, kind of hoping to follow the the path of graphic design and kind of get involved with kind of the hockey community in terms of marketing and promotion. So that's kind of the route I've been looking to take after school. Well, right on. All the best with that. All the best this weekend against Mount Royal. Uh, all you know. Congratulations to you and your teammates and Coach Draper and everything so far. And I hope we're doing. Uh, let, let, let's. Let, how about we say this, Alex? <laughs> if you get that national title. Okay. Why don't we why don't we say our next interview is going to be you and a couple of teammates with the national championship trophy in studio and inside sports when when you're home and you got a night to come in. Would that can we say we're going to do that if you win it all? Yeah, I think we can make a deal with that. That sounds that sounds pretty good to me. Okay, I have I have <laughs> I have noted it. So uh, we'll let Connor Hood know your sports information director, and then that's what we're going to do when you're back in a couple of weeks with the with the big prize. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for having me again. That is Alex Posnikoff checking in for the U of A Pandas uh, hockey team. Yeah, those two games last weekend. And then, Kellen, I don't know if you were 
if you were working the game, uh, the Friday night Oilers home game against uh, the Wild, I believe. Yeah, I was here. Yep. Yeah, so... Bob says to me, oh, check how the Pandas are doing just before we're starting the face-off show. And I, I heard that, website. Yeah. Oh, it's scoreless in triple overtime. And then the Pandas won it just before 6 o'clock, and then the next game goes into overtime as well, and they get another one nothing victory. So, that, so that's pretty cool. Always great to have Alex on the show. She's been outstanding. Uh, we also had Brody Clark from the Golden Bears basketball team. They're going to Nationals, playing for a Canada West Championship first. Scott Edwards from the Pandas basketball team, Canada West Coach of the Year. They're going to Nationals, playing for a conference championship first. So an exciting time of year at the uh, at the U of A. Too bad the Golden Bears hockey team uh, suffered that monumental upset to UBC, but uh, I guess once every 110 years or so it's going to happen. And it was good to get to know Mark Olivier Dake from the McEwen Griffins hockey team, goaltender for them, and the emergency goaltender for Oilers games. So that is pretty cool. The Oilers had a very... Very optional skate today, but Athanasiu and Yamamoto were both on the ice, so hopefully uh, they're going to be okay to go against the Jets. Zach Cassian will be back in the lineup as uh, he's missed the last seven games with a suspension. I sat on the couch and <laughs> ate burgers. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, this, you put in a lot of work. You obviously uh, you want to come back and you don't want to lose a step, and obviously the games are so important right away. So uh, I've been doing a lot of skating, um, a lot of skill work, and um, no excuses. When we come back here, it's, uh, we play 17 games or, 18, or 16 games in March, all important games, and I need to be good. All right, that's Zach Cassian. Well, he might have had maybe one burger. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Adler is up next. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. Another edition of Inside Sports from 6 to 8. Just quickly uh, updating a couple scores here. Jets up 1-0 on the Capitals early third after two. Flames leading the Predators 2-1. Senators up 3-2 on the Canucks now with six minutes left so Oilers fans you need to hope the editor the uh, senators hold on to win that one my name is Reed Wilkins thanks for listening take care Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.